Hey friends, welcome to episode 60 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. That's right, the big 6-0. Would you please help me celebrate that by sharing this episode and about Fierce Calling so that more women can find it and then they can take action where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. And I'm your host, Dara Swift, and I am so thankful that you're here today. I have an amazing show for you today because my guest is awesome, but before I do, I would love the opportunity to come and speak at your next women's event. Now that we're meeting in person and gathering together, that is so exciting and I would love to meet you. So please, if you or someone in your church gathers the women there for events, I would love the opportunity to talk with you about speaking at your next women's event. So check out my page at DaraSwift.com. Yes, now back to the show. My guest today is Grace Fox, and she is amazing. And she has a passion for not only teaching the Word of God, but helping women know how to apply it to their lives. Because really, we need to know how to apply the word, not just know it. But God is so gracious and grace is so gifted in this area and she shares so much insight for us. And even on those days when we find it hard to pray, well, grace has something for us about that too. So don't miss out. Listen in while I have a chat with Grace Fox. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fierce Calling Podcast. Today, I'm excited to welcome my friend, Grace Fox. She's a career missionary, a Bible teacher, author of 10 books, and a contributor to numerous compilations. She's also a member of the first five writing team for Proverbs 31 Ministries, which is exciting. And I know what she has to say is going to bless you today. Welcome to the show, Grace. Thank you so much, Doris. It's fun to be with you. It's fun to be with you too. Thank you so much for being here and taking the time out to share your story and bless our listener today with what God puts on your heart to share. And I love that you are right now sitting in your home, which is your sailboat, right? So tell us a little bit about that. That's exciting. (laughs) Yeah, we live in a sailboat. It's a 48 foot boat. It's 40 years old. We're living on the Fraser River, which is flowing right near Vancouver, British Columbia. So in the summer, it's lovely. In the winter, it's rainy. And I get challenged just with, um, we have to look for leaks, catch those leaks. We have to be careful for not having mildew in our cupboards because everything gets damp. And it, it's just been a journey. Like I, I didn't grow up on the water. My husband grew up on the waterfront, drove a boat when he was six years old for the first time. But I grew up in Southern Alberta on the prairies. And I got into a boat the first time when I was about 19. It was a rowboat. And I rode it backwards, wondered why it went so slow. So, you know, like we are from opposite ends of the spectrum. But we are here, we believe, by God's design. He made it very clear that we were to do this three years ago purged almost all our earthly belongings and bought a boat and it is um it's an interesting place to be it's put us within a group of people that we would never have gotten to know otherwise and and we're absolutely loving it loving it nice well that's fascinating too and it reminded me when you were telling that story about sell all your worldly possessions and follow me you know it's like (laughs) get on the boat (laughs) and like you said you are 
connecting with people that you would never have otherwise met. And these are the divine appointments that he has set for you. So that's really awesome that you are following his plan because it's no small thing to make that decision and follow and be obedient to that because sometimes we're afraid to ask what God wants. Sometimes it's like, whoa, what if he asked this? And then it's like, you are obedient to his calling. So that's very amazing. I I wrote a little email to my son earlier today and I said, I never would have thought that my life would have looked like this at this point. Um, Like, and what I referred to was I got up really early this morning. I love early mornings. I just Mm -hmm. love it anyways. But I, I thought I need to get the laundry done. I don't have a washer and dryer, so I have to take it to the Marina laundromat. And that means putting the dirty wash in a, in a backpack that I've got a large backpack designed for that purpose. And then I walk a city block down to the laundromat. And so this morning, thank goodness it wasn't raining, Mm -hmm. but it was blowing wind like crazy. So I climbed out of the boat with the dirty laundry on my back and walked through the, through the blowing wind and got to the laundromat. And you know what, there's an older lady who I've got to know there. And she came in about, I kid you not, maybe five minutes after I got there. And we had a really nice visit reconnecting there. And it's, it's like the laundromat is a great place to meet people. You know, I, again, if I had had a washer and dryer on board, I wouldn't be doing that. I wouldn't be connecting with people, but my life just looks a lot different at this point than I ever thought it would. Right. Mm-hmm. So I have to have, almost laugh. I just have to laugh. What else can I do? <laughs> yes. But that is so precious that you can meet up like with people in the laundromat, like this woman that was obviously a person that, you know, God wanted you to talk with. And, and plus you get your little workout because you're putting your backpack on with your laundry in there and you're getting your exercise and your workout. It's not like you said, it's not like you would have imagined, but it, it is so amazing how many people I talk to and guests that I've had on the podcast that are doing things they never aspire to do that they would have never thought they would be doing. And it's just an, an, amazing adventure with God. <laughs> Just so it amazing. Is. It is. One thing my husband and I have decided to live by a, a principle that we've chosen is that if we believe God is asking us to do something, the only question to ask back is, is this you? Is this mm-hmm. truly you? And if it is, then the response needs to be yes. And it's not, well, how's this going to work? How do you plan to provide for us if this is what you're asking us to do? How, how do you expect all these details to come together? And what if, what if, you know, we can go yeah. way down the wrong bunny trail on that. But it's, is this you, God? Is this you? And if it is, the answer is yes. And we will start moving forward, expecting you to protect us in the process as decisions need to be made. And you will guide us because you promised. And at any point, if we head down the wrong way, you are more than capable of redirecting or shutting the door. So that's how we live. And he's never let us down. Wow, Grace, that is so encouraging. And that's going to really encourage a listener today because sometimes we overthink things and we want to have all the answers up front. But what you just said, that simple question and confirms it all in knowing God. And I would love if you would share a little bit about a bigger part of your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. All right. Well, my love, my passion would be the word of God. And I connect that with uh, knowing how to apply it because it's one thing to know it in our heads, 
but it's another thing to know how to put it to work in everyday life. Because if we don't know how to apply it, there's no life change that happens. Transformation can't take place. And so living my life in that way and teaching others how to do it too, because nothing brings me greater joy than being able to communicate truth in a way that people go, aha, I get it. Now I get it. Mm-hmm. And, and then learning to live it out. So I do that through writing and I do that through Bible teaching and speaking with people, just speaking. Mm-hmm. That's so important too, how you were saying life application, because oftentimes we do talk about the importance of reading our Bible and the heart is to help others learn how to read the Bible, how to study the Bible. And then that very important component or facet to it is, well, now how does this apply to me and how do I apply that? So thank you for bringing that out. That is an important part of Bible study, not only learning and gaining the knowledge, but living it because the Bible is living word, right? That's right. And it's, it's not enough to have it in our head. It's not enough to memorize it. It's not enough to read through the Bible in a year so you can check it off. You know, it's, it's reading the Bible should not be just one thing to check off on our to-do list. It is the word of God that he's given to us so that our lives can be changed and so that we can flourish, right? He knows how we best flourish and he tells us how to do that through his word. So unless we know what to do with it, where's the change? Yeah, exactly. And I really like how you brought out that it's not something that we can just that we do to check a box off because I know sometimes people struggle with, well, how am I going to read the whole Bible in a year? You know, those plans and, you know, you get partway through and your life gets busy and then you feel like a failure because you didn't follow through and it kind of can get legalistic, can it? Oh, and then we lose our joy. Mm. So what are we doing? Sometimes I, I have to step back and think, am I, am I worshiping my Bible reading plan? Or am I worshiping a Jesus who I come to know better through reading the Bible? And, and sometimes I've discovered in my own reading history that like when I was the young mom, go back to those days when I had three little ones at home and I did daycare for more little ones. And I would get up early in the morning to read, but I kid you not, it was like my kids had radar built in or something because they could, they'd wake up. I'd, I'd get up early and they'd wake up two minutes later and then, oh, there goes my time. And it happened day after day after day. So I would have to finally look for a time during the day where I could maybe get them down for a nap and have five minutes to read. So that was a season of my life where I longed for that word, but five minutes, like, hmm, what could I get? Some days, all I said was, God, one or two verses is all I can do. That's all I can do. And I want you to teach me one new thing about yourself. Just one new thing. That's all I, that's all I could do today. And, uh, and not get hung up on feeling like a failure because I wasn't able to keep up like other women could keep up with long passages. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as seasons of life changed, I did the read through the Bible in a year. And I'm doing it right now again. But I left it for, for three or four years. I still read through the Bible. Mm-hmm. But I also was a part of a Bible study during the week. And, and we incorporated the Bible study that we were doing as quiet time. And so that became my reading and that became my study. And, and I did that. Now I'm back and now I'm juggling both, but see, I'm at a season in life where I can get up really early and I can spend an hour and a half in the word. Women don't always, they're they're not in that season, right? Not everybody's in that season. I feel like I can, like I'm in a luxury season because I have that freedom to do it right now. But I also know that there are some seasons we go through where they're hard times and And that's really why I ended up writing my newest devotional book, Finding Hope in Crisis, because I felt for people 
who were in a crisis situation where they couldn't read a passage. They couldn't, they didn't have the time because they're running their feet off trying to take care of the things that have to be done in that moment of crisis, in that season of crisis. And their minds are on so much overload because of, say, an emotional blow or shock or trauma, whatever it is they're going through, that they can't wrap their heads around a long passage. They can't even remember if they ate the last meal or if they they, they can't remember what day of the week it is. Mm -hmm. And so they desperately need the encouragement from the word, but they they can't sit there and wrap their heads around a long passage. So one little meditation a day, one key verse a day, and one short reading that's doable for a mind that desperately needs hope, but is on overload. Beautiful, Grace. I love that. Finding hope in crisis and its devotions for calm and chaos. And that is certainly so needed right now. And I wanted to go back and mention what you said earlier, we would need to make sure we're not worshiping our Bible reading plan. Yeah, we're worshiping Jesus because that is something that we can almost make that like an idol versus what it's meant to truly be. This devotional sounds fantastic because of the way you are saying schedules can get overwhelming. And when you're in a situation of crisis and chaos, like perhaps you're caring for an elderly parent or you're a caregiver for someone, or you're raising children and, you know, maybe you're a single parent and things are hard and you're struggling. And it is true. You get into a valley sometimes where you can't even pray, like almost it, you, you can't even get the words to come. Tell us about how that format looks in this particular devotional that you've written. Each devotional starts with a, a key verse. And then there's a little portion called pause where I've written a little story. Sometimes it's an anecdote from my own life on a crisis that I have been through or one little snapshot of a crisis Mm -hmm. and what I learned through that and how Jesus met me in that crisis. So those are very short. And then there's another little section called ponder. And that would be uh, to help the reader apply the truth that they've just learned. And it's maybe an action step that they can take to reinforce that truth, or mm-hmm. it might be a question to get them to think about it and how it applies to their life. And then a one sentence prayer, because what you just said, Doris, sometimes we can't pray. Sometimes we don't know how to, sometimes the words just don't come. Just as you asked me that, I, I picked up my book sitting right beside me and I flipped open real quick so that I could get that right. And the one that I turned to is called Two Word Prayers. Mm. And prayer, sometimes all we can mutter is Jesus help or Jesus wisdom, Jesus peace. I do that often when my soul is distraught in me, right? I, and I also find encouragement in knowing that the Holy Spirit prays for us in our weakness. So he's got us 24 seven. He hears the groanings of our heart and he interprets that he, he takes and he prays on our behalf to the father. So I love that. And then each of these devotions ends with a little quote that is from a well-known Christian leader. And it just reinforces the focus that I wanted to draw the reader's attention to that day. So short, doable. One lady read it and reviewed it. And she said, I got through these things in one minute. She said, I timed myself. It was one minute. And, you know, since this little book was released, I've had email after email from readers saying it couldn't have come at a better time. It just came right at a time when my life was in upheaval and I couldn't, 
I couldn't handle any more reading it like a long reading. This is exactly what I needed. So I am just so grateful for the opportunity to provide a resource for people in crisis. Also would be a wonderful gift, but even for ourselves, because like you said, if that one lady, she timed it, the one reader timed it and it was a minute who doesn't have a minute. That is an amazing book. And I will definitely be putting that book in the show notes with the link so that people can find it. So tell us too about some of the other things that you have written and what those books have done over the course of time for others. I have a book called Peaceful Moments to Begin Your Day. That's a devotional book as well. It's got a longer format. It it actually teaches us how to use God's word in our prayers. So you know, sometimes we can get stuck in our prayer life as well. So it's like, God bless my family and keep them safe. Amen. Uh, Mm -hmm. That type of thing where we don't know what to say, but the word of God is so rich with Mm -hmm. prayers that other people have prayed. We can follow those prayers and use them as our example, or just taking the word of God, like in Proverbs, where it talks about regarding wisdom as a treasure an absolute treasure and seeking after it as for hidden treasure. I would take that and turn that into prayers for my children when they were small. God put within their heart a desire for wisdom and help them to value wisdom as a hidden treasure and to seek hard after it, make them wise beyond their years. And that devotional starts with a scripture that focuses the reader's eyes on, on who God is, on the character of God, and then teaches them to pray that praising God as a prayer of praise to God. And then each one ends with a scripture that teaches them how to pray that scripture on somebody else's behalf. Then there's another one, morning moments with God. And that one has about 160 little devotions, just little snippets. Again, one page uh, for anybody in any walk of life to go through. And then uh, moving from fear to freedom is one that's just ongoing. It's moving from fear to freedom, a woman's guide to peace in every situation. Mm. So like last summer, I thought, Wow, you know, years ago, I partnered with Stonecroft Ministries and at their request developed a seven-week DVD-based Bible study with a workbook. And so I know hundreds and hundreds of small groups have used that. And then I thought, you know what, I'm sitting on this. Here we've got this pandemic going, but I'm sitting on it. Maybe I could just offer a Zoom Bible study. So totally stepped out in fear, did it afraid. And I offered registration without even thinking all these things through. But a woman came to me and she goes, Grace, do you have a pro program? And I said, no, great. I'd like to pay for that for you. And do you have a techie person to handle the behind the scenes stuff for you? And I said, nope. And she goes, great. I'd like to step up and offer my services to you. (laughs) And more than 80 women ended up registering for this Zoom Bible study that we did. And that one led into another one. And a nice community has developed there with women who are lonely during this time that they want to keep going. So I'm going to keep on producing materials and keep on hosting Zoom Bible studies for women. So if women want to know, or your listeners want to find out about how to do that, they can go to my my website blog page, gracefox.com slash blog, and they can see how to subscribe to my newsletter. And that's where I let people know about upcoming events like that, that I'm hosting. Again, teaching women how to apply God's word, because this whole thing about fear in the season that we're in, Mm -hmm. again, we can know in our head that God says he's our strength, that he's our refuge, he's our fortress. And, and he says, do not be afraid, do not fear, I will never leave you. And we can know all that in our head. But until we really start to assimilate that and put that into practice, we're still going to be afraid. So it's, it's really putting these truths into practice. That's why I, I write devotions is they're short snippets. I say Bible study time, we still need to do that as we can. And as we're able, 
but the devotions are something that present the truth and then say, here's what you do with it. Here's how it applies. I love how you were talking about that because you're offering the Zoom Bible studies, which is encouragement for women who can be anywhere in the world, really, and be able to connect. And that is a lot different than if you were holding it in a church because the proximity, you it would be limited to just women in that area. So that's awesome. But then also how you said how you began it, stepping out and doing it afraid. Then God provided someone who was going to take care of all the stuff because, you know, he's gifted us and given us talents in different areas and we're all the body. And, you know, and so it's, it's amazing how that moved together so that you wouldn't have to worry about that part of it and that you could focus on what your gifts and strengths were, which was leading the studies and leading women to find that freedom from fear. And I love that your devotions, it just seems like they are so calming and it's about rest, finding God in the snippets of the day, but not only that, but being able, like you say, to apply the truth and living it out, which is so important. So that's wonderful, Grace. We, we challenge each other. We grow each other in our faith, but we mm. connect heart to heart as well. And I think the women have found that to be a very precious, it's a precious, safe place to grow. That's important. That's a safe place for them to grow. And I also love that you're uh, a member of the first five writing team for Proverbs 31. How did that get started? And what does that look like for you? Oh my goodness, Doris. I had not even heard of first five until I got an email in my mm -hmm. box from, oh, this is just too funny. This is too funny. I had submitted, a, I'm backtracking here, but I'd submitted a book proposal uh, at one point. It would have been three years ago now. And there was an editor at a publishing house who really liked it. And he connected with my agent. He said, you know, he wondered about maybe mentoring me along and he'd present this proposal and all this stuff happened. He, he Anyways, the proposal was rejected and he ended up losing his job. And so all of this stuff just fell apart and mentorship never happened. Like he was in my life and he was out of my life just that fast. It was about a year later. And all of a sudden I get this email from him and he said, Hey, P31 is looking for some new writers for their first five Bible study app. And he said, why don't you go ahead and, and put your name in? So I thought, Oh, never heard of it. But I, but the contact person he gave me was Glennis Whitwer. And mm -hmm. I had written for her for their hard copy, their, the print magazine P31 many years prior. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, she might remember my name. I featured her book in my newsletter. You know, she might remember me. And so I went ahead and connected with her and she said, send me some samples of your writing. So I did. And she wrote me back and she goes, Grace, We'd love to welcome you on board. So I thought I was a part of the team. Okay. They gave me a couple of assignments. Mm -hmm. They accepted the first couple of assignments that I did. And lo and behold, it got published, you know, on their app. And all that time, I'm thinking I'm a part of their full-time team already. I didn't know any better. And suddenly I get an email from that editor who, who was looking at my stuff. And she said, Grace, we've so enjoyed writing with you that we'd like to invite you to our team. And I'm thinking, thought I was, thought I was. <laughs> Just shows you how naive, right? Right. And, and then the gal that was in charge ended up setting up a Zoom call with me. And, and she said, I'd like to formally invite you to be a part of our team, because until now, you've been a, a guest writer. So now I want you to be a part of our team. Consider that. And here are the parameters for all of that. And I thought, well, this just is too much of a God thing. I did yeah. not pursue this. <laughs> I did not pursue this. This yeah. is like God brought it to me after years of persevering through writing. And, and it's like, he's just put that on my lap and bless me with this opportunity to go deeper in Bible study writing. 
Mm. And what a better way to learn than under the tutelage of these people whose heart is to eradicate biblical illiteracy. That's their mission. And I thought that's really on my heart too, to show women how to apply God's word again, right? To, yeah. to study it, to understand the truth and to learn how to apply it. And it just fit with where, what my passion was. God seemed to just plunk it in my lap. And I thought, boy, I better say yes to this one. And I have. So I've been writing for them for a couple of years now. And in fact, I was working on an assignment on Exodus 19 just before we got on this podcast. And I'll finish it when we get off. But it is something that I just give thanks to God for. Every time I sit down and work on one of my assignments, it takes me deeper into the word and it causes me to think and rethink and rethink again what God's word is saying and, and what does that mean to me today? And then how yeah. can I take that and put that in words so that my readers are going to get it? That is so precious. I love how it all was God's timing and how he worked it out and love Proverbs 31, the team and Glynis, she's amazing. And I know that you've also done some missionary training work and launching missionaries out into the field. Yeah. My husband and I were married actually only five months when we ended up in Nepal and he was on his way, getting ready to go to Nepal for a three-year commitment Mm -hmm. when we met and we met, he proposed to me six weeks later and we got married a few months later. He put off his departure for a half a year to time it with the language schools that were happening overseas. And we got married and I went with him. So we began our marriage as missionaries and uh, had quite an adventure over there, living in a mud and rock hut with a grass thatch roof and no electricity. Yeah, had a situation there. Our, our first child was born there and everything was fine with that. When he was 20 months old, our second child was born. and She was born with a condition called hydrocephalus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctors couldn't do anything for her there. That's too much water on the brain. She needed a shunt in her head to drain that fluid down. And without that shunt, she was in a bad, bad way. She had other issues as, as well, but they didn't even have the equipment in that little mission hospital to, to figure it all out. So they said, you need to go back to North America on the first available flight. And that was three days later. But the airlines found out that I'd had a C-section to have her. And they called me a medical high risk. So they refused to issue a ticket for me. My husband ended up getting a ticket, wrapping a baby in a blanket, taking one bottle of express breast milk and a diaper bag. And he took her home. So I was left behind in Kathmandu for another week uh-huh. until the airlines would finally allow me to fly. But during that time, I just didn't know if I'd see her alive again or not. And I had to trust God for, for the future, not knowing mm-hmm. what that would look like. And how I just remember how he met me after I said goodbye to my baby, uh, crying or just laying on a bed and crying and, and saying, what is it you want me to learn? And, and he spoke to me through the lyrics of the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. So reminding me not that... He didn't promise me that my daughter would live, which she did. She's in her mid-30s now. He didn't promise me what her quality of life would be. She's she's doing quite well as a financial coach right now. Still has to contend with some, some issues in life, physical issues, but doing very well. But the first couple of years were really up and down and almost a dozen surgeries and meningitis when she was 11 months old. But we returned back to North America with no house, no job no car, no health insurance. And we had a baby in a NICU ward of an American hospital. So all the makings of a perfect storm. I think that too has given me compassion for people in crisis when they don't know what hit them, right? They they don't know what hit them and trying to hang on to truth, but hanging on for dear life. And I hung on for dear life to the truth that God would be faithful no matter what, no matter what. His faithfulness would be new every morning, fresh tank every morning, 
not the leftovers from the day before, right? And so that's how our career began. And we, we ended up, after we came back to North America, spent 11 years in Washington where Gene worked as a civil engineer. That was his mm-hmm. training. And we had to stay close to a doctor for Steph's sake. And then we transferred to a Christian summer camp or year-round camp where my husband was program director for 11 years. And then we, he became the director of uh, International Messengers, which is a sending agency for missionaries with, with about 250 staff in 28 countries now. And so one of our roles is providing staff care. So if they're in crisis, we're, we're, we help them out in whatever way we can, whatever that looks like. And and trying to keep them healthy on the field so that if they do hit crisis, they're going to be able to weather that well. And uh, training missionaries to go. And we, we lead short-term teams every summer, except for 2020 and mm-hmm. maybe 2021. We'll see how that rolls out. But taking teams to Eastern Europe, Romania, Poland specifically. To the ends of the earth. Thank you for sharing your story about your daughter and what you went through. I uh, could not imagine having gone through that. But then you are able to use that story to encourage other people and to just show God's faithfulness. Love how you brought out the fact that he did not promise that your daughter would live or that she would have a certain quality of life, but he was faithful and that you trusted in that. That's so encouraging. And I know that the listener was encouraged by that too, because crisis is going on all over. And we just don't know what the listener right now is going through, what is happening in their life, what prompted them to even turn to this podcast episode. It was God. He wanted them to hear this. So thank you for sharing that. That is something that I know we are to do or to share our stories of God's faithfulness. Yeah, it's from those stories as we share our stories with each other, we learn from each other, don't we? And we can find encouragement in that. We do. I think I often go back to Psalm 138.8. And that's a scripture that says that he will work out his plans for our life. And for your listeners, I would just love to say, stay the course stay the course, wherever you're at today, if you're in the middle of a storm of some sort or the winds are blowing, right? You feel like you're being toppled. Keep those roots grounded, stay grounded in the word of God and in his promises Mm -hmm. and stay the course, persevere, persevere, not in your own strength. You don't have to do it in your own strength. It's okay to say I'm weak, can't do this. And to say Jesus strength. (laughs) Amen. Thank you for sharing that. And I love the metaphors and the things that you used right now, like the way that you presented that, especially with you living on a boat and the storm. And what did you say? Keeping on. Stay the course. Just stay the course. course, Staying the course. Yeah. That will be such an encouragement for someone today. This has just been an amazing conversation and I appreciate you coming on. And I would love if you could tell us how the listener can connect with you. Right. So my website's easy to remember gracefox.com. I have a monthly newsletter and a weekly devotional blog. And so they can go to website gracefox.com slash blog on the left side of the screen they can see the subscription options there and sign up for those things nice well i hope they will hop right on to your website and sign up for your blog and your encouraging devotions i love that you have the youtube that's like a youtube channel where you do you read the devotions or what do you do on the channel 
Well, you know what? I used to spend a long time just preparing them and I tried to keep them to two to three minutes at the most. And then mm-hmm. I, I ran out of time, spending time preparing, you know? And, <laughs> and so I thought, you know, what? once in a while, I'll read from uh, one of my devotional books, mm-hmm. just a short clip. But sometimes, most often, I'll just share something that I learned in my devotions that morning. And I'll say, here's a verse I read this morning and this is what it means. This is what we do with it. And, and so that's been a fun thing to do as well. So if they go to my website, they can click on the little icon for YouTube and it'll take them there as well. Perfect. I love that. That's amazing. So thank you so much, Grace. It's been such a pleasure to have you and I'm looking forward to having you on again sometime. What's on your horizon? What are you working on right now? Yeah. So the second Bible study that I did this fall with women was about based on Romans 12 to changing our thoughts changing our lives, right? That's where mm-hmm. transformation comes and learning to align our thoughts with the truth of God's word. So what does that look like? Uh, I wrote the material as I went. So week by week, boy, did that keep me busy. And, but I loved it. Like I learned so much and it was fresh. So I would teach by video, send the video link out to the women in advance and then send the PDF of the questions out so they could work on it week by week and then join us every Tuesday night. We talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be having a serious conversation with my agent to talk about what we can do with that Bible study because the women loved it so much and it, it yeah. was so powerful that it seems like I need to do something with that. So where to go with that? Yeah. And then I'll launch another one and do the same thing, write it as I go. And it takes me deeper into the word. It's fresh. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that rolls out too. That works out great all the way around. And I love all the nuggets that you have shared with us today. And it's been such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much, Grace. It's Thank been you, such a Doris. joy. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. All right. Enjoyed being with you. As well. Thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. Okay. Great. Sounds good. Thank you for listening. Didn't you just love Grace? She shared so much truth and love. And I just thank God for her. And I'd love to even be like her neighbor or something because she is just amazing. But please check out her website and take advantage of the offerings that she has there and the resources and maybe check out one of her Zoom Bible studies and join in on that and order her books because they are awesome. And don't forget to order a few extra copies because they also make wonderful gifts. So friend, I hope you are encouraged today because I know life is hard and right now things just seem so crazy with all the messages coming at us from all directions. But you know, God is not surprised by any of it and he sees us, he knows us, he loves us. And so just be encouraged today that whatever you're walking through, you can still be used by God to walk in your fierce calling. So just pray and ask him what your next step should be because taking action is um, a forward motion and we were never meant to be nouns we were meant to be verbs so let's walk this life together and for the furtherance of the kingdom we can glorify god together and so i hope you join me next time when i talk with another woman who's taking action where her passion compassion and conviction intersect until then friend have a blessed week and i'll talk to you soon